With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to 3 Not, your national NFL podcast. I'm Ty Shelter. One of the three co-hosts of the Three and Out podcast. Of course, we are always doing it three times a week for you guys. Twice a week in our regular recorded podcast feed. And then once a week here on Monday nights on the Halftime app. We're super excited, as always, to talk to you guys. Already have key takeaways up for the evening. Um, And, of course, that's going to have our main reactions from Sunday's games and from the hirings of Brian Dable in New York. uh, Or... Bills East now, as the Giants apparently are going to be. And then, of course, Patriots West uh, with Josh McDaniels uh, going out to Las Vegas. That's going to be fascinating. We did talk quite a bit about those hires on the uh, key takeaways. It's up in the feed. If you don't know where the feed is, it's at our website, 3 outpodcom T-H-R-E-E-O-U-T-P-O-D.com. Shadi is running a couple of minutes behind, but I can see Samantha Bunton, my co-host, is already in the audience. Now she's up on stage. Samantha, how are you doing tonight? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm good, except, except Tom Brady is apparently going to keep jerking us around a little while longer, at least. About a half an hour ago, he went on the his, his apparently serious XM podcast called Let's Go and kind of danced around um, retirement rumors. Um, you know, they brought it up, and he said that he, uh, you know, it's his decision. When the time is right, I'll be ready to make a decision one way or the other. Uh, he says, um, I'm not going to race to a conclusion on that. He was he was uh, uh, pressed on, hey, you know, is it because of these reports, are you, are you, are you more likely maybe to come back and then, trying to find the exact quote it was on that but basically kind of like, hey yeah you know maybe a little bit i don't know <laughs> so, uh you know maybe maybe i did you know part of what motivates me is is spite and, and that's not exactly what he said but you know part of what motivates me is you know what others say and so like maybe i would have a little bit of uh, an edge to that now of course samantha you know and i know that tom brady is not going to you know play another year for whatever team will have him just to spite whoever it was in his inner circle that was feeding things to various reporters. Uh, and obviously it had to have been a lot because from everything, you know, Jason Lincoln Florida, Adam Shepard, you know, these reports are going on over multiple days. Um, I, I mean, I can't imagine that could be true just specifically because somebody leaked it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think we're at the point now where, like, this is, and I feel like I would do the same thing. I'm not necessarily proud of this, but I think I would do the same thing. Like, hey, I'm, like, the GOAT. I'm 44 years old, and somebody ruins your moment, right? Like, somebody dropped this to, to Schefter, 
and of course he's gonna report it if it comes from a credible source and like now I'm kind of mad like I, I didn't get to have my, my little moment where I announced this so now I'm gonna sit on it for a couple of weeks because at least I still have that like you're hanging on to some measure of control like how much would it suck if you were Tom Brady to be like for your retirement to be yes can confirm yes Schefter correct it's true I'm retiring like no, he's going out on his terms, even if it just means he sits on it for three weeks. Like, the fact that the Bucks didn't know about it. Yeah, yeah. That, that alone told me, like, no, this is, he's not Antonio Brown. He didn't, like, forget to tell the Bucks or deliberately not tell the Bucks. Like, this is, I, I kind of feel bad for him a little bit. Like, that stinks, but yeah. I mean, if I'm him, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to hang out for a couple weeks now. Like, no, 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 no. I'll retire when I'm ready. Well, we are ready to be joined by Michael Shadi. Shadi, how you doing? I'm doing great. I think you know, this is one of two things. One, either someone on the TB12 team uh, missed a couple deadlines in their scrum management when it came to getting some videos done. Because uh, I can just see, like, the, the big announcement was supposed to happen. like, And then, you know, someone, someone shot through a deadline and, and things didn't get edited. But uh, maybe that's just the old marketer in me talking. Um, I was going to say, uh, first-hand experience, I think. Yeah, been, been there, done that. Uh, flip side of the equation is he might not actually be ready to say. He might actually be still uh, taking a process. And I think we've seen guys be really deliberate with these moments in their career before. It's very easy towards the end of the season to be like, I'm done. My body hurts. This, you know, this isn't uh, what I want to do anymore. I want to get on with the next stage of my life, whether that's, you know, potentially owning a team, working in TV, you know, putting his millions of, of TB12, you know, videos out onto the internet to, uh, you know, swindle people out of their hard-earned cash, whatever he wants to do, um, you know, selling avocado ice cream on the street corner. He might want to move on with the rest of his life, but at the same time, the dude is addicted to football. And so I think it makes a lot of sense to be both deliberate and also give himself time. You know, take the family to Cabo. Take the family to you know, really anywhere on the planet because you're richer than God. Um, you know, go to the Swiss Alps where there's no football and just spend some time. And maybe your family doesn't want to spend more time with you next year. Like maybe it's the Urban Meyer <laughs> thing where the family is like, eh, we're good with dad working 80 hours a week. Um, when, when all is said and done, Tom Brady's going to retire soon, whether it's this year or next year, it's going to be soon. But I think he deserves a little bit of leeway to just say, this is how I'm going. All right, we are going to absolutely feature your, your questions tonight. Obviously, we don't have Monday Night Football like we usually do. We are past that portion of the season, so uh, we will be taking your requests early and often. Uh, George asked to get up on stage. George, how are you doing tonight? George, you there? All right, cool. We will be uh, coordinating with you guys in the chat. So if you put up your request and we're in the middle of talking... I will, I will tell you in the chat, you know, you know all right, cool, next. I, I, are you there, George, now? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's up, man? Bro, I was just listening to you guys talking, and I saw the headline of Tom Brady, and I was just wondering, because I was talking to my friend about it today at work, and I'm, like, thinking, 
imagine just having been in the league for that many years and how many times he either got sacked or hit this this <laughs> year. What the hell would make anybody at his age want to come back for another year to take that fucking beating, bro? Like, honestly, like, I could imagine him being at his age and getting hit by, like, a 22 or 20-year-old freaking flying at him full speed. Bro, if he retires and he's done, I'm like, I'm okay with it. Like, I don't even want to see that man take a freaking, what was that guy's name, Kurt Warner type hit that he took when he was with the Cardinals? That really, that was uh, it. Like, that cemented his freaking retirement. That dude took a freaking pound. I don't know if you remember that hit, but he took a hit, bro, that I just made him make. I was thinking, like, that's the kind of hit that I would want to show Brady and be like, you really want to put yourself in that situation at this age? When you guys are pretty much like, yeah, he's the GOAT, but you know they're after him on the on the field. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of those things where with Brady, I think he's such a competitor. And I've made this point before. He's such a perfectionist. And... I think he had to watch so many of the guys that he competed against and respected, guys like Favre, guys like Manning, you know, play all the way out to 39, to 40, to 41. It's so hard to do that. And then they had it taken from them, right? They, they played until they couldn't anymore. They played until they sucked. You know, Peyton Manning, I think, had like a 71.9 passer rating his last year in the NFL and got benched for Brock Osweiler. It, yes! got back in the lineup and ended up being the guy under center and they won a Super Bowl and he got to go out on that, I know. But but there was a mile of horrible Peyton Manning tape. Like, you could cut up a, a pretty long YouTube video of just god-awful Peyton Manning throws. And I don't think Tom Brady... I don't think Tom Brady wants to give haters like me the satisfaction of being able to see that. And I don't think he wants it taken from him. And I think he has to know at some point, whether it is, you know, an Aaron Donald lands on you type thing, or it's just, you wake up one day and you can only throw the football half as far as you used to be able to. I I feel like Tom Brady, ultimately his desire to be in control of his own story. And maybe that's what we're seeing right now. Super. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I mean, George, Tom is made of different stuff than the rest of us. Like, he, he eats sticks and sleeps in a hyperbaric chamber and, <laughs> or an iron lung or whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the drive to play football for him is different than it is for us, you know, mere mortals. But I agree with you. Um, I, <laughs> I'm sure he's sick of getting hit. He has nothing left to prove. I, I think it's a little bit different. And the reason some of these guys tend to like stay too long at the fair is because they're still chasing that ring or, or they're still chasing revenge for side. Tom Brady goes, he's, he's the greatest of all time, right? Like there's nothing out there that he still needs to achieve. And you're right. I mean, this, this idea of getting forced out and, and you almost wonder if that's kind of what happened with the sort of parting of ways between him and Belichick. I mean, if you're a Browns fan like me, you remember back to Belichick, you know, throwing the diminishing skills uh, <laughs> uh, tagline on Bernie Kosar and bringing in Vinny Testaverde oh, to yeah. fairly disastrous results. And, and, you know, Bernie, he gets his chance to go play for the Cowboys and gets the Super Bowl ring for going out there and kneeling in victory formation. But, you know, the writing's on the wall and Bernie Kosar and Tom Brady don't have a whole lot in common except for the fact that they both played for Bill Belichick. But it does kind of make me wonder, like, aha, was that somebody saying, you know what, Tom, we don't think you're good enough anymore and you made me run Jimmy Garoppolo out of town and I'm kind of pissed about that so it's time for you to move on and Tom was like you know what 
Nah, I'm not done yet. But I agree with you. I don't think he wants to go out like a Peyton Manning when, you know, you're on your third neck and Brock, Brock Osweiler <laughs> has taken your job and you like look like Nathan Peterman out there half the time. And I mean, I love Peyton Manning. This is no disrespect, but I mean, it was ugly in that last year. And I think good for Tom if he wants to be like, no, you know what? Like, I'm not going out that way. I think that's great. Good for him. <laughs> Ironically, Brock Osweiler was also on his third neck, and he had all three originally. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, the one thing, and, and maybe this is just my Michigan fanboy slash Tom Brady love shining through. Like when you look at the goats in other sports, when you look at like a Wayne Gretzky who hung on until the bitter end with the Los Angeles Kings, when you look at Michael Jordan, like coming back with the Wizards and, and doing the, you know, weird, not really mentoring, but sort of kind of mentoring thing there. There were just so many people who were saying the same sort of thing, like, hey, just get out. You know, the game has clearly passed you by. But at the same time, like, there were nights where Michael Jordan was still dropping like 30, 40 points. There were, there were nights where Gretzky was still getting hat tricks with the Kings. It's like, yeah, Tom yeah. Brady at his worst is still probably an above average NFL passer. And we're not anywhere close to that yet. He just led the league in passing. And I think that's where maybe, yeah, he's waking up. His body doesn't feel like it did when he was 25. Um, it might feel better some days. And that's where I think he's got a sort of way, you know, yes, I'm, I'm getting over the game. Like at his age, he's got other things he wants to do. Um, he surely still has that addiction that he's always had to the game, but he's also, you know, married to a supermodel and he's got kids and he's got a burgeoning business empire. And he's got all these things in front of him. I think he absolutely knows that he could just, you know, completely pull the ripcord and go on and be wildly successful, you know, investing all of his money other places. But like Samantha said, he's just built different. And some of that's mental, but also some of that's just physical. Like he's aged in reverse. He has Benjamin buttoned the hell out of his NFL career. And I think when you when you look at like those preternatural athletes like a LeBron James who also has not aged uh, as, as quickly as many athletes. When you look at someone like, you know, a, a Wayne Gretzky who was still, you know, a darn good ice hockey player long into his career, uh, we're not actually looking at, you know, Michael Jordan is actually a poor comparison because Michael Jack, or sorry, Michael Jordan got old. He got slower. He got bigger. He was the best athlete of all time at the time. And then just, you could see his skills decline. We're not seeing Tom Brady's skills decline. For all intents and purposes, he just had one of the best years of his entire career. And even though he can go up out on top, there's no reason for him to think that he's not doing the same thing next year and going out on top next Well, this is the, this is the question, though, because uh, Evan McClutchson says in the comments, what is the Tom Brady scenario, though? Seriously. I think that's what you're talking about, especially when you talk about another ring, because I don't know that Tampa Bay is scenario where he can get another ring necessarily and then okay and then if not there then where right like where do you go where is there a turnkey spot where he can go and be tom brady and be comfortable and have targets he trusts and you know what where where is that right Um, broncos ownership group broncos ownership group player owner 
Yeah, I I don't know. Here's part of me. My first thought was actually okay. So Denver trades for Aaron Rodgers, and then Brady goes to Green Bay and wins. <laughs> but no, but the there you know Devontae Adams is not sticking around either. Like Green Bay is not going to be turnkey for anybody. Either. You know that's where you start the rebuilding in earnest if you're trading Aaron Rodgers and getting some picks and you know kicking the tires on Jordan Love and letting him flame out and gear it up to draft the court. You know. That's not that's not the turnkey, you know, contention spot either. So where let let's let's say this. Where could Tom Brady go for a year? Is it is it Denver or is it are there other Pittsburgh. on the board? Ooh. Hear me out. Pittsburgh. Okay. Right? Okay. Like they were pretty darn good with like a fat corpse at quarterback. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the targets are there. The defense is there. Certainly, I think Mike Tomlin and Tom Brady could peacefully coexist because poor Mike Tomlin could clearly peacefully coexist with anyone. My God. So why not? Why not? I mean, if you're Pittsburgh, it's probably something like that. And I don't know that I think this is at all a realistic scenario, but just for fun, it does make sense in a way. I mean, Aaron Rodgers probably not coming to Pittsburgh. Russell Wilson probably not coming to Pittsburgh. The draft is not a good place to be right now. You don't have anybody on your roster who's viable. So I realize it makes a lot more sense. Like the Jimmy Garoppolo to the Steelers thing is actually probably pretty logical and very, very possible. But I mean, just for the sake of thinking about it, Tom Brady to the Steelers. What do you think? Yeah, I I don't think he's going anywhere either. Um, But What's interesting is the writing is on the wall, not just because of the Tom Brady, you know, telegraphing his his upcoming announcement uh, rumors, but it's also, you know, Bruce Arians has told his assistants that they can look for lateral jobs elsewhere. So you've got the potential that you could lose some coordinators to other coordinator jobs. You could lose some position coaches to other position coaches jobs. You could have guys like Harold Godwin, who've been around Arians forever, jump and ship. Arians has said he's not leaving. But I think Arians is getting ready for, you know, a rebuild and handoff. And it's one of the reasons I think Byron Leftwich is thinking about not leaving because he might be the heir apparent in Tampa Bay. So there's all these things going on with the Buccaneers where it looks like, you know, Tom Brady is probably not, you know, ready for a rebuild. He's not he's not going to jump into that two, three year scenario. Um, But if he is going to play, I do think. It's, it's at least worthwhile to say, could he go somewhere else if he keeps playing? Again, I think this is super unlikely, but literally, uh, Samantha just dropped the name Jimmy Garoppolo. I spent time this morning saying that the biggest problem with the 49ers was that they could not trust Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of a game to put the team on his back. Um, we've said multiple times all season, the only thing they were really missing was the quarterback piece. Tom Brady grew up in Santa Clara, went to 49ers games as like a toddler. So if you're looking around the league, if you want to spend more time with family and quote unquote go home, pretty sure his parents still live right there in the shadow of the old stadium. So, um, all right. Uh, I'm looking at overthecap.com cap space for 2022. Number one, $64 million to spend. Miami Dolphins. Uh, and obviously, you know, clearly, you know, Brian Flores and Tua and that whole thing didn't work. Deshaun Watson, we don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, you know, 
Tua, I, I was a, a Tua defender down the stretch, but if you you could put Tom Brady into that offense and have a pretty big, pretty big impact. And that that was a team, you know, that won seven out of their last eight or whatever. You know, that that's that's a viable spot. Um Jags have a quarterback, Bengals have a quarterback, Chargers have a quarterback, Jets, forty eight million, Colts, forty million. Then you get to the Broncos at thirty eight. Let it's Washington, thirty two. Steelers 31. I mean, guys, there are, there are some very interesting options here. And I think uh, you look at it at, at Miami, you know, that's not too far down the road from where you're. It's unstable right now, though. I don't know if I think Tom wants to walk into that. Yeah. It's an unstable situation. He, he can, you know, if he's waiting until after the Super Bowl to make his official announcement or decision anyway, you know, you, you, you can. You can wait and see how that plays out. See if it plays to your liking. You can you can send some words through some intermediaries. It's like, hey, you know, if, if here's who I need if, you to hire. Here's who I need you here's to hire. What you do. <laughs> and you got to make sure you, you know. I want uh, assurances. You can sign this guy and this guy, and then yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. We'll see. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I, I keep. I've heard the Colts tossed out there several times, and I just, guys, no, nah, no, it's not going to happen. I don't think there's any way that's going to happen. Um, although, now, Jim, Irsay, Jim Irsay says he's going all in. He's pushing all the chips, and, and we liked everything but Carson Wentz. But the last time he said that, he got Carson Wentz. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a no on the Colts for this for so many reasons. Okay, all right. Uh, it is three and out live on halftime. Just like we are every week on Monday night. Obviously, we don't have the Monday night football to talk about, but we do have all the other goings on in the NFL. Of course, make sure you are subscribed. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Castro, Overcast, Alexa Music. Uh, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com, our host's homepage. Of course, just go to our page, 3outpod.com. All the episodes are up there, including today's key takeaways where we went in depth on our reaction on some of this stuff. And then, of course, uh, this episode. If you get on this episode, you talk with us, you are going to be live in our feed or you're recorded into our feed, dropped in. That'll go up tomorrow. Uh, always very cool uh, to, to be part of the 3 and Out podcast. Um, we, we have a lot of fun here, and, and we love talking with you guys. I'm actually going to right now, quote-unquote, throw to break. We're not going to go anywhere, but this is just for the recording, so you can add the ad spot in. Uh, so stick around if you are listening on the podcast feed. Listen through these ads. We'll be right back. If you are listening live, sit tight for about three seconds right here on 3 and Out, your national NFL podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. We are back on 3 and Out, your national NFL podcast. Uh, for those of us who are listening live, uh, we are time traveling. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a fascinating look at, at the league this, you know, this particular juncture in time because everyone's still 
kind of reeling and, and reacting to the to the, the 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 shape of the league. Like like with with this, we have both all three top seeds eliminated from the playoffs. We had a lot of big swings being taken from some teams that that swung and missed, and now you got two four seeds in the Super Bowl. And guys, this is something that I was talking about. Um, uh, my editor at Five Thirty Eight couldn't take this piece because uh, of all the Olympic stuff happening right now. But I pitched. Like, think about this: if you cl- if you clear Tom Brady out of the last twenty two years, like, think about how different NFL history is, right? Like, if if Drew Bledsoe never takes a Mo Lewis to the chest. And, and Tom Brady never becomes Tom Brady. Like, you start going back through all of these teams that would have cashed in, all of these rings that would have been handed out. You go, Jake DeLon would have won a ring with the Carolina Panthers. Donovan McNabb would have won a ring with the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, like there are so many people, teams, players that would have so much better resumes on their history. And I think you see that right now where you're going, okay, cool, because these two teams made it to the Super Bowl – Aaron Rodgers doesn't get his second ring. The Cowboys, you know, all of a sudden that future, the future of that project is in doubt when it looked like maybe they were the best team in the NFL. Um, you just go down the list. And, and to me, it's so fascinating because this is what we do. It's, it's to win. It's to compete. But, like, at the same time, these little bounces and, and squiggles and, and, you know, missed penalties or, or not missed calls or, like, whatever, now we are talking about completely different things. People are getting hired and fired based on just these results alone. I tell you who benefits most probably, like you mentioned some Super Bowl losers that probably became Super Bowl winners, but I think without Tom Brady, Rex Ryan's Jets are oh, going on like a decade of dominance. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they had really, I mean, I wouldn't say one Achilles heel, but they were far and away one of the better teams in football that just could never get over the Patriots' hump. And, I, man, I, I, if, if you take Tom Brady away from the AFC East for all of that time, I think Rex Ryan's going to the... I think Rex Ryan still finds a way to screw that up because he's Rex Ryan. <laughs> well, it's a couple of... I mean, you add, like, a win or two every season, right? And then the playoff seed is... And then you add, you know, one of those AFC championship games, he probably wins... You know, I, I could definitely see more of that. And, of course, you're also talking about you know, the Sanchez, right? Like, <laughs> Mark Sanchez. Yeah, that's the thing. So. Um, but, and, but and, you know, Rex Ryan with Buffalo also still. You know, there were a lot mm-hmm. of decent teams that could have been a Bengals this year or a 49ers this year. There are a lot of wild card teams that got bumped off, a lot of, you know, um, uh, four seed or three seed division champions that met the Patriots in the second round after they had a bye. I say, hey, we won our first playoff game. Great. Okay, great. You're going to New England in the snow. You know, okay, well, there went that, you know. Um, okay, mean, what oh, about the Colts? Ah, yes. The AFC finalists. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what if... The banner. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what about the Colts? I mean, is there, like, a scenario where then, like, Peyton Manning and the Colts get a ring, and then Peyton Manning never goes to the Broncos, so then Denver also never wins. See? This could go all yeah. kinds of weird places. Andrew Luck? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like two, multiple yeah, Colts, 
scenarios there, yeah. Yeah, and when Andrew Luck retires at like 27, he, he does so with a Super Bowl rank, maybe, huh? Or he That's never gets bad. drafted by the Colts in the first place. Because Peyton Manning stays, gets another ring, then retires there, and Andrew Luck goes somewhere else, and then someone else wins the Super Bowl because they got Andrew Luck. Okay. My brain hurts. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, Clickboy wants to jump in, and of course we are going to let Clickboy jump in and talk. Uh, always fantastic to see you here every week on 3 and Out Live. Clickboy, how you doing? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? We are awesome. What is on your mind tonight? Um, A couple things, man. Uh, One, Tom Brady's been giving us an emotional roller coaster. What's actually happening with him? You know, I mean, I think we covered it. Like, if, if I could sit here and break the news that Tom Brady has decided to retire and, and he knows it and he's got a stack of papers, you know, obviously I would. I think I think the thing is he might have those retirement papers filled out, right? Like, he, he may have told people he's doing it. Like, but that much stuff, you know, Adam Schefter doesn't send that tweet if he doesn't have a pretty good idea that that is what is happening via multiple sources. And, and again, we had multiple, I think Jason Luck and four of CBS had it first, but then a bunch of different people. Uh, yep. I can confirm. This is the people close to him, people in the circle. And like the TB 12, like his brand's official, uh, was it Twitter or Instagram account also tweeted a like retirement announcement graphic thing. Like, like clearly, People who were close to him were very sure that he was retiring and this was happening. But he sat on it long enough to change his mind long enough. He's the only one. And just like Brett Favre, you know, Tom Brady can also be the guy who's like, yeah, you know what? I'm retiring. Thanks, everybody. I love you. It's been amazing. Cool. And then sometime around May, calls his agent and goes, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> guys are camping like what why am i not in a camp get me in a camp like i want to play you know like that that could also a hundred percent happen what uh what was what was the other thing you wanted to talk about um so we've all so in cowboys news i know it's depressing but uh but we all know that mike mccarthy is going to be our coach this year but how do y'all how do y'all feel about the speculations about sean payton becoming our next head coach next year. Um, I'd need to hear someone outside the Cowboys fan base say that before I paid any attention to it. That's um, understandable. I, I totally I, I think that, that Cowboys fans have a very skewed perspective on this. At the same time, I mean, it is a desirable job, certainly. And Sean Payton, I mean, the wording was interesting. He said he was stepping away, not that he was retiring. Like, he did not use that word which would suggest that he is at least open to the possibility of coming back. And the situation with the Saints, I, I can see why he feels the need to leave there. So, yeah, I mean, it's it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Well, then why not hang on to Mike McCarthy if you think that Sean Payton is coming the following year? I mean, you have no guarantees of that, of course. But it is certainly something to keep on the radar. I guess I'll put it that way. That's the best Definitely. I can do. Definitely. <laughs> well, Go ahead. The the main reason the speculation started is because he lives in he lives in Frisco. He lives in a subdivision of Dallas. So everybody's thinking, oh, he lives like 20 minutes away from AT&T Stadium. 
So, yeah, the the most reasonable thing is Dallas, because of, of course. Well, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, let's always be sure to count Jerry Jones among the people we mean when we say Dallas Cowboys fan base, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> abso- absolutely, yes. <laughs> to be the head coach, Jerry Jones might very well be one of those people who desperately wants it to be true. I know, Shadi, what did you want to say? I was going to say, first and foremost, like there has never been a secret that these two have been flirting like a couple of, you know, preteens across the, you know, school dance floor. Like the Sean Payton and the Dallas Cowboys have been engaged in like the most egregious tampering that has ever happened in NFL <laughs> circles for years. Like. Like it's always been a thing, especially since the uh, since the Bounty Gate scandal when he was living in Frisco and you know looked like Kevin James apparently uh, ballooned to twice his weight and started coaching youth football. Um, everyone thought that there was going to be some sort of like divorce from the Saints because of Deflate Gate, and then he was going to go to the like everyone has talked about that forever. And Sean Payton has like encouraged a lot of that. Jerry Jones has encouraged a lot of that. Um, that being said, I think the the shortest distance between two lines right now is TV for Sean Payton because Sean Payton is going to make an absolute uh, just crap ton of cash uh, if he wants to with a television deal. Uh, he can be, quote-unquote, the next Tony Romo, the next Troy Aikman, the next whoever he wants to be. And with the news, I think, that just broke today that Apple is coming in and, and is trying to you know, just double what everyone else is doing in the NFL space right yeah. now. Uh, you know, could Sean Payton and whoever, pick your color commentator, Gus Johnson or whoever, go to Apple and, and get paid a bajillion dollars in Apple stock just to work for a year? Yeah, I think they could. And at the same time, do they do the, you know, does Sean Payton do the, you know, Urban Meyer where he bounces back and forth? Does he do the... John Gruden, where he goes and says he's happy, but then comes back? Or does he do the Bill Cower or the Tony Dungy where he leaves and it's such a good job? It's such a cushy job. You get to spend all this time with your family. You get to be a father. You get to be a husband. And you get to still be around football. You get to hang out with the dudes in the studio. Like, some guys just end up liking that more and they're done with football. Like, I again like you're done when you're done you're, you the ad, the addiction is over when the addiction has run its course when it comes to these high performers at the nfl level and some guys and i'm looking at bill cower and tony dungy especially uh who just said you know i'm making enough money with doing tv i'm very comfortable i love my life i don't need to come back but then you look at a guy like herm edwards who had that and now is collecting former NFL head coaches at Arizona State, where even guys like Brian Billick are leaving the booth to go be an offensive analyst at Arizona State. It's it's absurd, but it's also the call of the game is so big that if, if Sean Payton goes and does TV for a year, there's a really good chance he ends up coming. 
Hey, I uh, want to get Possum. Oh, go ahead. Uh, actually, Possum Jenkins, hang on just a second. I'll let Samantha respond to that. I, sorry, just real quick. I was just going to say, you know, friend of the show, Randy Mueller, um, who is himself a former GM, um, yes. had put it out there that he thought the smart play would be for the Jaguars to basically throw whatever they needed to at Sean Payton to lure him to come and be both the GM and the head coach or some combination of the two there. And honestly, I mean, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know if he'd go for it, but it's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, uh, Sean should just adopt him. That's, that's what you can offer. Offer to adopt him. You're one of my sons now. You can there, you offer... there you go. There you go. All right, Possum Jenkins, the floor is yours. Hey, can you hear me? Yep, yep. Yeah, I had a quick question, and this is just something like, uh, I know you guys were talking about the the Cowboys and everything like that. The one coaching move that um, it seems like the general, well, the owners have more of like an identical speak, you know, input is like the Raiders and the Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? Jerry Jones, Davis. I wanted to know what you guys thought about Josh McDaniels not only going to deal with Mark Davis, but it's also going to have to play the Chiefs twice a year. It just seems like that that is going to be a very difficult situation. And I know we were talking about the Cowboys and, and what they might end up doing. I mean, for me, it seems like Sean Payton's an alpha. He's an alpha male. He's going to control that. He wants to control his team. And I don't think he would be given that leniency in the, in the Cowboys organization. And I just wanted to know what you guys thought about one Josh McDaniels going to the Raiders and also the thoughts of Peyton and uh, Jones butting heads. Okay. So that's part of the reason why I'm a little bit skeptical about right. um, Peyton going to the Cowboys. I, I'm not sure. I think that's a, a fit. Um, I think you have two people there who want absolute control. I know the situation with the Joneses is, is different um, than it once was, but that hasn't quieted Jerry down. And I just, I'm not sure I can see Sean Payton being willing to put up with that, um, or at least without some kind of assurances that things might work a little differently. And I don't know why on earth that would ever happen. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, I guess, why probably the biggest reason why I'm not sure I, I'm buying that entirely. Um, um, if you guys have anything about the Josh McDaniels thing, um, I'll throw over to you. I think I've kind of said my piece on this on the, the show this morning, so nobody needs to hear that again. I'm, I'm a little skeptical on that yeah. one, too, <laughs> in a different way. Yeah, we, we did talk about McDaniels quite a bit on Key Takeaways. Again, that's in the feed, uh, threeoutpod.com, all spelled out. Um, I think one of the things for me is that there's, I mean, the vast majority of NFL coaches are, are alphas, right? And, and the NFL owners, especially, you know, new school NFL owners. But not Mike McCarthy. I'll just throw that out there. No, not Mike McCarthy. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's an Adam Gase. Mike McCarthy didn't go to school. Mike McCarthy. (laughs) Right, right. So, uh, you know, and then you have, um, you know, the, 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 some of these new owners, you know, you have your your David Peppers, you know, with the 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 stat the brass ball statue on his desk, brass ball paperweight, you know, like there, there's a lot of clashing personalities in the NFL, and, and in fact, I think if there were some, there were fewer 
self-styled alpha males and alpha males and everything else spending all of their, you know, 70, 80, 100 hours a week at the office trying to see who was the alpha-est alpha male. I think if there was less of that in the NFL, I think more stuff would get done and teams would be better and franchises would be run better. I mean, you know, we are still talking here, you know, Urban Meyer a couple months ago sat his staff down, read them all for filth and said they were all losers and he was a winner despite most of them having been assistants of his when he was doing the winning. <laughs> you know, like, that, that is that is absolutely counterproductive, but sometimes you know, those guys will look at each other and see a challenge and butt heads anyway, like a couple of Rams. Um, I think for my take with McDaniels, I'm I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried about him bringing a Patriots guy over to do the personnel stuff. Um, that has failed over and over again. Like we talked about on the pod, you know, if, if he's coming over to be the right hand man who speaks the same language, the same scouting methodology, okay, fine. But if you think you're going to do things the way that that they've always been done in New England, someplace else, without the wins, without the not how that's going to work. That's not going to be productive. You can't transplant that whole culture over to another team that has a completely different culture and a completely different set of resources and a completely different uh, you know, approach to winning and a completely different town like Las Vegas. Las Vegas is not New England. Las Vegas is not Boston. The, the fans are different. The following is different. You've got to be a circus sideshow and, and, to, and you've got to be interesting to get attention. You can't be boring. You can't get up on the podium and go, injuries. We don't talk about injuries. That's official state secrets. Like, oh no, like, I'm next, next, next game, next question. I'm not talking about this stuff. Like, you, you've got to be an entertainer, or nobody's gonna care. So, um, I, I think Josh McDaniels is a smart enough coach and a good enough coach, and someone who has failed before, which means that he has experience and, and hopefully learned a lot from all of those experiences and can take it with him. But I'm, I'm reserving judgment for sure. I talked about this at length this morning, and I don't want to just reiterate everything I've said, but the Reader's Digest version, both for the Raiders and for the the Giants, is exactly what Ty just said, because Brian Dable is not the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. He's the head coach of the Giants, and he might have been someone else's culture that was someone else's locker room, that was someone else's thing that was built. Uh, you know, same thing by Josh McDaniels. He's not Bill Belichick. Trying to be Bill Belichick 2.0 is never going to work because it's not authentic. People see through that. When when Matt Patricia was trying to be yeah. Bill Belichick 2.0, all of the Lions basically looked at him and said, you're not him. Like, I, I get that you're an actual rocket scientist, but you're not Bill Belichick when it comes to football. You're not... Uh, Joe Belichick when it comes to football. Like, you're not even close. And so, if you're not authentic, if you're not yourself, if you're not comfortable enough to build your own something somewhere, it's just not going to work. And, and I'm really worried that that uh, everything since the start of uh, Brian Dable's tenure in, in New York has been, well, maybe he's going to pull in Ken Dorsey. He just pulled in the O-line coach. Um, he's trying to rebuild basically his offensive staff and largely the Giants in the Bills image, which, you know, I guess, but if that's not Dable, like, it's not going to work. 
Um, who also, by the way, you know, if we're on next, like he could use one of Peyton Manning's or one of Brock Osweiler's next. Like that, the video of him walking into the building is is great because he just looks like a brick, you know, you know what house. But anyway, by the way, by the way, Jake, he should tell Jay Glazer should get his suits from Brian Dable's tailor because Brian Dable he looks he looks deaf. I mean, he looks like a brick, you know what house. But like the the, the suit fit. Like, I want to go to Jay Glazer and be like, this man has your same body type. He looks good. Buy, buy your suits wherever he is buying his. If you told Jay Glazer that Brian Dable has the same body type, Jay Glazer would punch a hole in your chest. That's um, true. That's true. <laughs> so, just long story short, I think Josh McDaniels can be wildly, wildly successful in his second yes. tenure as head coach. Yes. We just talked to Jason Cole last yes. week. You know, the NFL has always trended towards these second chance guys being way better than the prepubescent, you know, first timers. Every time someone is grabbing like the next 30 year old without, you know, a beard that connects to the rest of his, his face. Um, I think Josh McDaniels is going to do fine. His entire opening press conference was about like the things that he's learned, the things that he didn't realize he didn't know how bad he was people his first time around and how he's been working on that. Like, duh. I think guys like Raheem Morris would be great in their second time around. More second time around guys should yeah. get chances than some of these, you know, younger guys who have never done it before. Guys like just because they have the last name Hackett, um, and you know their dad was a head coach for a while. Uh, I 100% believe Josh McDaniels can do it. I'm really concerned it's not going to happen though because Mark Davis is not Robert Kraft, uh, and the front office is already teetering towards, you know, just trying to draft the, the second best uh, lacrosse player from Rutgers every other year because they're going <laughs> to try to do the Patriots thing, just like every other former Patriots group. Has. I got to say, Mark Davis, though, I, I keep bringing this up, is like nobody thought this guy could pull it together, right? Like when Sheldon Adelson, uh, notorious gambling kajillionaire with like lord knows what connections to who knows what uh around the world he's bringing in billions of dollars from you know Macau or whatever uh when he decided he wasn't going to personally cut a big fat check to make up the difference between uh whatever mark davis could could rustle up and whatever the city of las vegas was willing to give him I think everybody thought that was that because nobody thought Mark Davis could be the guy that pulled together. Like, oh yeah, yeah, this is a project I need to invest hundreds of millions of my dollars in, or loan hundreds of millions of my dollars in. Like, oh yeah, I, I'll get that back. I trust Mark Davis to see this through, but he pulls it off. You know, he pulls off John Gruden. You know, does Mike Mayock? Those don't work out, but he he you know, keeps it going like this, that the fact that this team made it to the playoffs, given everything that happened this year, the drugs, the injuries, John Gruden, the emails leaking, all that other stuff. I Like to me, I'm not saying Mark Davis has turned over a new leaf because I'm sure, I'm sure that he is still driving that white van to the Las Vegas PF chains, you know, but at the same time, I think you have to give him like a little bit of credit for sitting there and there's this, big beautiful death star you know black in the desert that that's getting filled up and, and decent football 
BF Changs. Do you remember that story? That was yes. so good. That was amazing. It was so great. I, I use Open Table. That's how I get the good seats at PS. You're a billionaire. You're a billionaire. Why? They will oh build gosh. you a table at PF Changs. Uh, they will cool. build you a PF Changs, like inside your house. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. But I mean, Mark Davis, man of the people. Man of the Absolutely. people. We all love a PF Changs. So this is the problem, though. Like, Mark Davis. First of all, you will never convince me he's not Buster Bluth from Arrested Development. Like, he is just that dude. He is 100% not all right. Uh, dude is like, you know, eats ketchup packets for fun and, you know, probably brings ketchup packets to P.F. Chang's because he just seems like his mom cut his crust off his sandwiches until he was like 45. But he is a billionaire. But all of that money is now tied up in the Death Star, and that's yeah. where, like, he doesn't have money to, yeah. like, run a franchise right now. Like, it's it's hilarious that, you know, I don't, I don't know how he had money to hire Josh McDaniels. Like, I don't know how this organization is keeping the lights on. But um, it, it, it remains to be seen. And again, I said this on Key Takeaways. This is not hyperbole. Dave Ziegler was a high school guidance counselor, like, six years ago. Like, there are people on Twitter who are like, Congrats, Mr. Ziegler. You were the best guidance counselor I ever had. And it's like, <laughs> how, first of all, how do you get that career trajectory? Because some of us have like coached and scouted and aren't sniffing GM jobs. Um, so however you do it, like I'm willing to, you know, follow in that chemtrail um, of, of just ridiculousness. But at the same time, like what has prepared him the last you know, six or seven years since he's been a guidance counselor to, you know, deal with Mark Davis, to deal with the AFC West, to deal with NFL, you know, personnel meetings and all of the things. And Josh McDaniels is going to have to help with that because Josh McDaniels has been that dude. He's been in the Patriots for an office. He, he ran the personnel office with the Denver Broncos. So you basically, and this is what worries me, it, it, I think you end up having an organization where Josh McDaniels again has to do too much. And I think that was the biggest problem when he was with the Broncos, because I don't think there are other people in that organization to pick up the slack. And I don't think they have the money to hire people. Wait, when, when you said, what about being a high school guidance counselor prepared him to deal with Mark Davis? I thought, I don't know. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> I, there's a, there's a path there. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, do you want Josh McDaniels out there doing the X's and O's stuff or do you want Josh McDaniels doing everything? I mean, there are very few people who can handle that job and way too many of them who think that they can. And Josh McDaniels would absolutely be that person. Like, don't you want him in a situation where he is focused on what he does well? Because I don't think that politicking is a forte for Josh McDaniels. As much as we say these guys are better the second time around, he he didn't have a personality transplant and he's a pretty abrasive guy. And I mean, I'm, I'm repeating myself in key takeaways, so I'll be brief about this, but but he's not Bill Belichick, right? Like there, you can be, you can do that if you're Bill Belichick. Everyone, Matt Patricia being exhibit A, who tried to do that, you know, just go outside and practice in the sun. That went over great. You know, Joe Judge, go run laps. That went over great. Like, Josh McDaniels, like, eh, maybe a little bit more leeway, but 
I don't love it. I think that he needs to be the X's and O's guy in the strictest sense. You need a GM who can kind of pick up some of the slack there. I'm a little bit worried about that. All right, so guys, as we're talking here, Tom Pelissero reports that Jim Harbaugh, after having a Zoom interview with the Vikings, is going to be flown out to Minnesota to do an in-person second interview on Wednesday, um, which is kind of an interesting fit um, for a lot of reasons. Let's say let's say this happens. What do you guys think about Harbaugh? Because we talked about the Bears, we talked about the Raiders, both of which seemed like more natural fits to me than this one. What do you guys think about? I kind of love this. And I may be a little bit biased because I'm a big football guy. Um, So I just want to see him back in the NFL, though I also kind of liked having him in Michigan, um, the Big Ten person. But um, I kind of like this. Um, I I like the idea of marrying sort of a newer school GM with an older school coach, both of whom I think are guys who are pretty open to looking at the other side of things. And I I kind of like him as sort of a transition piece. The the idea of going from Zimmer, you know, who's like the ultimate, like, you know, run your head into a wall and then light yourself on fire to pressure friends guy to like a tiny nerd from Harvard who like didn't, you know, was probably like a, a black striper and, and didn't make the high school football team. <laughs> like, I I don't know that I think that's the way to go. I, I love the kind of guy in the middle, and I think Jim Harbaugh can kind of be the guy in the middle in that way, and maybe that's what they need. And it's not a terrible situation to walk in in terms of what you're going to be dealing with. I mean, depending on how you feel about Kirk Cousins, but, you know, that, that might be fixable. That might be fixable. So I don't know how Jim Harbaugh would deal with like something like that, but it's not a bad spot. It's a pretty appealing gig. I mean, we said when we were kind of ranking these, this was one of the better landing spots. And I, I kind of like the, the in-betweener kind of guy there for this particular situation. So I'm going to start here. And I've, I've said this actually when, when Mike McDonald, the former uh, Michigan offensive coordinator now, or sorry, defensive coordinator, now defensive coordinator for the Ravens, uh, when he left, I just want to know, like how many recently, how many recruit locker rooms, how many like seniors who are deciding whether or not to go to the draft, how many of those guys did Jim Harbaugh look dead in the eyes and repeat the oft you know cited Michigan phrase, those who stay will be champions? Because like this is why college shoddy, sports is shoddy, so shoddy. Albert Breer just put it inside. Wednesday is national signing day, the day he's flying to Minnesota. 100%. Just, yes. There you go. So this is where things get crazy with college sports because I have no problem with Mike McDaniel – or sorry, Mike McDonald going to uh, the Ravens. That's where he you know, was last, You know, super close to that staff. He was kind of seen as the defense coordinator in waiting. Jim Harbaugh deserves another shot in the NFL if he wants it. I mean, and we've said this in the past, there's no real like – fundamental reason anymore that uh, NFL is a better job than college sports and college sports, you're basically the God of Ann Arbor. So there's something to be said for, you know, it's probably a better job at Michigan because you have unlimited resources at your disposal. You have limited money at your disposal. If you keep doing well, Um, it's, it's not the 
three years and potentially done that most NFL jobs turn out to be, uh, if you get three years. Um, I think Jim Harbaugh would do absolutely great with Minnesota. You're, I mean, immediately draft Alvin Cook first in your fantasy draft because they would become the titans of the NFC. Um, as many times as Jim Harbaugh has tried to reinvent his stripes, he went out and got, you know, uh, quarterbacks and they drafted, or not drafted, they recruited like all of these like great wide receivers like Tariq Black, who were four or five star recruits and then looked around and said, I'm going to go ahead and enter the transfer portal because we're running the ball 50 times a game. And guys like Hassan Haskins are having, you know, amazing years because that's who Jim Harbaugh is. And I think the NFL is ripe for, you know, sort of the ground and pound play action passing, you know, slight variations of the spread offense that Jim Harbaugh has been using at Michigan. And I think he can roll right into the NFL and have success with that. Uh, I think he's, like Samantha said, he's embraced analytics. He's embraced statistical analysis. He knows what he does not know. He's a very old school guy, but he's gotten better each and every year. Moved on from guys like Don Brown at Michigan when, you know, things were not working. He's shown a willingness to adapt, and that shows, you know, great things for his future NFL career if that starts on you know, Wednesday or shortly thereafter. That being said, this is why college athletes should get absolutely the leeway to do whatever the hell they want. Because guys, if, guys like Jim Harbaugh can leave on National Signing Day after making promises to athletes, athletes should be able to leave on National Signing Day after making promises to Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I, you know, I, and I think I, I'm trying to remember, I was trying to look and see, I, I thought there were some reports that he was being at least a little bit honest with recruits and going like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm taking interviews, you know? Uh, but I think for me, Jim Harbaugh, it, it's fascinating because college people and pro people see him so differently. I think a lot of NFL people um, look at Jim Harbaugh and go, yeah, he's with quarterback um you know had success coaching in a couple of different spots um was building something awesome in san francisco that got cut short you know he won with alex smith alex smith went down colin kaepernick stepped up alex smith got healthy and jim harbaugh said i'm riding the hot hand i'm keeping kaepernick in there well like, how can you do that how can you bench you know the former number one overall pick of all the people that tried to take a stab at rehabilitating alex smith you actually did it and now you're sitting him for, who's this kid? Nevada, like second round, like what, what, huh? And then, you know, rode Colin Kaepernick to a Super Bowl. Um, then, okay, you know, lost a power struggle with Trent Balky. And uh, you went back to his alma mater. And I think a lot of people have been, all right, cool. He's going to come back and be great in the NFL. And I think a lot of college people have been like, well, he didn't develop any quarterbacks. When he was at Michigan, he can't develop quarterback, you know. It almost this diametrically opposite of like, oh yeah, well like like Jim Harbaugh is this and that, and, and NFL people just see him a different way. Um, I think for me, his ability to be flexible in terms of um, relating to players, um, you know, I, th I think he's able to relate to recruits. I think he's able to relate to older guys. I think he's able to a a a adapt and modify his approach. You know, he tells stories about his dad the old football coach like samantha you're talking about the old school you know mike zipper like run through a brick wall and there's there's a ton of that you know jim harbaugh was raised on just like 
nonsensical coach speak delivered at an 11 out of 10, but that's not how he coaches. That's not how he talks. My concern is, you know, what is the staff you build? What is the commitment? You've got to get a commitment from, uh, your, from Quasi, from the, the, the Wilfs. Like, you got to be looking at going, okay, this is going to be a four-year project, not a two-year project, or a six-year project, not a three. Yeah, I'm going to need a six-year contract because I'm going to have to patch the cracks and, and, and make this team at least, you know, get more than six, seven wins out of this team because it, as it is, it should be winning nine, ten games in this division. Um, but then also, the cracks go all the way to the foundation. I got to pour a new foundation underneath. So, like, you know, we've got to figure out who the next quarterback is because Kirk Cousins is the quarterback next year. Probably not the quarterback the year after that if he can help it. You know, there are some talented players you want you want to be around in two years, three years, but there's a lot of guys that, that you need to get younger at their positions, no matter how good they are right now. So that's that's my concern with Harbaugh. Is he going to be able to work with, uh, well, you know, Samantha, you said Kwesi, like, like the cool thing with him is that he can work with anybody. So maybe there is simpatico there. Maybe this can work out. I just don't think, if, 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 with him being a middle guy, I don't think he can, like, whip the Vikings into shape and get 12 wins out of them next year. And then I don't know what the Vikings stomach is for if he goes, yeah, I'm coming, but you got to give me four or five years to really give you what the next phase. So he and Quasi actually work together with the 49ers. So I think that's part of this, that he knows that they have a good working relationship. But at the same time, this is one of two things, and I'll be really quicker because I know we're running up to the clock and and I'll let Samantha respond, but this is one of two things. One, Jim Harbaugh took a giant pay cut at Michigan last year, and I think some of this flirtation with various teams are at least, if I'm not going to go to the NFL, I'm going to get my full full contract back because he used to be one of the highest paid coaches in, in college football, and he was not last season, and he had his best year. That being said, the other thing could be, you mentioned relating to different sorts of players, he's getting up there in age. And with this new, with NIL, with, uh, you know, all of the stuff going on with recruiting, like, do you continue to be at Michigan getting your lunch eaten on a daily basis by Lane Kiffin, of all people? Because, you know, there's just a generation of coaches who are much better at social media and a generation of coaches who are much better with the NIL stuff. And Jim Harbaugh's not that guy. And so if he really wants to leave, I think that's fine. I think it might just be he realizes that this was the mountaintop for him. He might be able to get one over on Ohio State once every couple of years. He might be able to get to the playoffs once every couple of years. But you're eventually going to start getting outcruited by a lot more people. And even now, at, at, the, at the tail end of their best stretch in Michigan's history in a long time, one of the best seasons since like Charles Woodson was on campus, they still barely have a top 10 recruiting class. And I think that's where maybe Jim Harbaugh is just looking around saying, you know what, maybe it is time. Yeah, there's a weird disconnect between like I think how well Harbaugh just relates to people, including players in general, and like what the recruitment really looked like for Michigan. I mean, we've heard we've all heard the like insane stories about Harbaugh like inviting himself to sleep over some recruit's house and then just like never leaving and then going back again to the same place when the brother came up for recruitment. Like nuts, right? But it worked. It worked. Like, you know, these people like the, those kids ended up in Michigan. Like right. 
So it's he's on to something, you know. I mean, the, the fact that he's not beating Lane Kiffin might not have anything to do with Harbaugh. Uh, it might be about something really different. But to me, I think what's valuable there is is this a guy that people want to play for? Like ultimately, like can you toe the line between being sort of the adult in the room? and being able to kind of manage an NFL team and all the things that go with that and deal with the things that you don't necessarily have to deal with or that you are allowed to deal with in whatever manner you please when you're in college. And we, we've talked a lot about the shot you touched on this. You have a lot of power. You're like a god there, you know, over ruling over your little petty kingdom there in whatever college town you're in. That doesn't work that way in the NFL. But he is a guy who's good at getting a lot. People just seem to like him. Players like him. And I think that matters. It matters in free agency. It certainly matters in how hard a team fights for you. But I, I think there's a very valid concern in the whole, well, we need to know what the trajectory is for all of this, right? Because is Jim Harbaugh going to be the miracle worker who comes in and, like, turns Kirk Cousins into Tom Brady? I know. I mean, realistically, no one's doing that. But, um, you know, can, can he take what's there and kind of whip it up and make it look different than Mike Zimmer did? Sure, absolutely. But is it going to culminate in like a Super Bowl berth as it currently exists? I don't think so. So how long are you going to give him to turn this around? And what do you do about the fact that you have a roster that is going to age out in some places where that's going to matter? So what's the rebuild look like? So I just thought about this. Friend of the show, one of our first ever interviews, one of our first ever guests on the big show, uh, Super Agent Mike McCarthy, one of his best friends growing up, Jim Harbaugh, big, big friend, oh, friend of the Harbaugh family, yes. grew up when Bill McCartney, who was the you know famed Colorado head coach, Mike's dad, was an assistant at Michigan with the Harbaugh's. Isn't he also Kirk Cousins' agent? 100%. He sure Cousins. is. There he we sure are. Is. <laughs> just, just saying, maybe he is the guy. Maybe he is a hired gun to come in and fix Kirk Cousins for that organization. Woo! All right. Well, now that we've put all that together, Clickboy kindly requested we hang on for just a minute or two and uh, let him get back on stage real quick. So I'm going to let you do that, Clickboy. Obviously, a uh, huge supporter, huge friend of the show. Uh, definitely want to hear your thoughts here as we wrap up our halftime show. Hi, guys. Uh, if I'm being fully honest, this isn't even something football related. This is just kind of what I would like to say an appreciation post uh, for you guys. For the three of you, oh. you guys have really kind of helped me like talk about my talk about my passion and love for football, and I just and I just love kind of being a being a part of this podcast, whether I'm in the chat or whether I've been given the opportunity to be up on the stage. Um, you guys have you guys have really helped me share my love with other people who love the game, and I just greatly appreciate that. Thank you guys. That's tremendous, man. Yo, that's awesome. That makes me so happy. Thank you so much for saying that. That's just really, really cool, dude. And believe me, uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate your support, sharing the word here on the app and and online and everywhere else. I mean, this is what it's all about, right? As being fans together and talking about the game we love together and and spending time together. It's super, super cool, man. Um, So, you know, make sure everybody, make sure you are subscribing, make sure you're sharing uh, make sure you're joining us because uh, this, this is what we love to do. We love to do it with you guys. We love to make time for you guys. We love to talk to each other. We, we joke 
you know, not even really joke, but like the three of us, we we will do this ourselves, right? Like we will just get on the phone for an hour and talk if that's what it is. Um, but we love that we get a chance to to have you guys be a part of it and come up on stage and talk with us. And uh, you know, it, it's it, it's an awesome opportunity for everybody. And uh, we're super grateful to have time to her giving us that chance. And uh, can't wait to see you all next week. Again, make sure you're subscribing. Uh, 3outpod.com for all the pre-recorded feeds and all the episodes that goes up. We're going to have another big show this week. You better believe it. And uh, we're going to go on towards the Super Bowl and beyond here on the Halftime app. We are 3 and Out, your national NFL. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere where even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.